I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894, 305-384-6894, straight to your phone, free, everyday, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. When there is no law, there is no order, and what results is chaos. Pretty exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game. DreAllDay.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. For all listeners of the show, I got to make sure you understand what the next step is and what the next level is in working with me and this work on your game. Universe that I've built, this podcast is not the last step. This is only the first step. The next step for you is to join me in my Bulletproof Mastermind and in my third day mastermind at workonyourgameuniversity.com. Let me tell you specifically what we work on. And those are both my group and my individual masterminds. First of all, we got to work on mindset. The biggest challenge that many people have, many of you who are listening right now, that is holding you back from the success and the outcomes that you want is not your tactics, is not the strategies you're using, is not a certain app or a certain process or any of that stuff that you think is the problem. The biggest challenge is your mindset because your mindset is what keeps you from seeing what you need to see and thusly doing what you need to do. And that's why you're not being who you need to be. So the biggest thing we work on in all of my mastermind programs, whether you're working in my group mastermind, or my one-on-one is we gotta work on your mindset and your mentality and your approach. Once we get that down as the foundation on top of that, then we're gonna build the strategies. Strategies are what exactly do I do? How exactly do I do it? Then there's the accountability. Not only the accountability for you and making sure you're getting things done, but also the accountability of the process. Making sure that the process is an accurate formula that is actually getting you to the outcomes that you want so that we can measure the results and how far you're getting or how far away you are Then there's the execution and making sure that you're doing the same things the same way every time, following the disciplines and following the processes. You can join my masterminds and start working with me directly. This is the very next step. If you're listening to this show and you're ready to go to the next level, the next step is to go to workonyourgameuniversity.com. You can join my group, Bulletproof Mastermind, or you can sign up for a call by clicking the link that says one-on-one coaching and sign up for a call with me and we can talk about working one-on-one in my third day mastermind. That again is at workonyourgameuniversity.com to work with me directly. That is the next step here. Mindset, strategy, accountability, execution, workonyourgameuniversity.com. My next Work On Your Game live event will be taking place May 5th and 6th, 2022. And this is going to be a virtual event, Thursday and Friday, full day events. And this is specifically for the thought leaders, personal brand builders, and entrepreneurs who want to build your brand, build your business, and you want to finally go full time in your business to where you're at least making enough money to cover your expenses and pay your bills so that you can quit your job and do your thing, your entrepreneurial thing full time. So this is specifically for those of you who are writing books, selling coaching, 
selling any type of training, you're selling courses, you're doing workshops, you're doing speaking gigs, live seminars, podcasting, and you want to start making a full-time income from that thing so you can stop doing all the other things and just do your thing full-time and you know the clock is ticking on you, this next Work On Your Game Live is the event for you. So I want you to go to workonyourgame.live. Notice that link, workonyourgame.live. And there you can see the details. This is going to be a two-day event. We're on day one. We're going to cover mindset and strategy. As you all know, the foundation of everything I do, we got to start with the mindset and the strategy so that you know you're working off of accurate formulas that actually work. What are you doing in entrepreneurship? What business are you actually in? What are your frameworks in place? Who are you trying to sell to? Who is your target client? What exactly are you giving them? We're going to cover all of that on day one in addition to more things. And on day two is application and execution. We're going to talk about putting together your offers. When you're putting yourself out there to the world, how do you put it out in such a way that gets people actually excited about buying what you're selling? How being prolific and putting your name and your brand and your mind and your ideas out there to the world is one of the biggest things you can do to make sure you're consistently generating new leads. In other words, new people who are knowing about what you're offering and excited about getting it. How to name your price. Any of you who's having challenges with pricing and money and getting money out of people, I know exactly why you're having those challenges and we will solve them on day two of working your game live. We're going to talk about the human capital you have in place, meaning the tools and skills, the intangibles that you have in place, what you need to develop and what you need to go get from someone else. We're going to talk codifying your knowledge. How do you take the knowledge that is in your head, get it on paper, so to speak, so that you can actually transfer it and sell it to other people in a systemic way? We're going to talk about how you're making money because money is one of the biggest challenges for entrepreneurs here. And that's really one of the main outcomes that we want to get here is that you're making the kind of money that you want to make. You no longer have challenges with selling your products and you're no longer holding yourself back with your own negative money mindsets. All of that's going to be covered on day two with application and execution. So what I want you to do right now is go to workonyourgame.live. That's workonyourgame.live, L-I-V-E. Get your ticket for this two-day virtual event. That's a Thursday and a Friday. If you can't make it either day, we will have a replay available for everyone who has a ticket. That is going to be May 5th and 6th. I'm covering two full days, mindset and strategy on day one, application and execution on day two. This is specifically for the thought leaders, the brand builders, the coaches, the speakers, the book writers, the seminar deliverers, the speakers, all of you out there who want to make a full-time living from your intellectual property. That is the knowledge that is in your head. You want to turn into products and services that people can pay you for, and you want to do it full-time, but you're not quite there yet. I'm going to help you get there. I know the formulas. I know the systems. I have the process. You join me at workonyourgame.live. I will see you in May, and let's get to getting this money. Workonyourgame.live. You're now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve is yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get a huge dose of personal initiative. That is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. And then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unifying philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is we need more manliness in our world. In other words, men, it is your job to step up. We need more men stepping up these days. Now, before I get into this, first, let me tell you, when I have a daily motivation text that I send out for free every single day to everyone who is in my text community, if you would like to receive that text, all you got to do is text me at my number, which is 305-384-6894. Send that out every single day, guaranteed to keep you focused, sharp, and on point. Now, 
Again, at number 305-384-6894. Now, when we talk about bringing more manliness out in our world here today, first of all, I told you in episode 1863 how we can bring masculinity back. And also told you in episode 1841 about the emasculation of men. So I gave you the episode 1841 and 1863, we solved it. And then in episode 1744, I also told you when you should engage your toxic masculinity in being an asshole, what some people may call that. And that could be male or female. The thing about masculinity is not just about men, period. But today we are going to be talking about men specifically, males. People who are born with a penis, just in case any of you who's bought into the the social construct arguments, that's a different conversation for a different day. The thing is, masculinity is an energy that exists in both men and women. Women have masculinity in them as well. And we're going to touch on that in a moment, as a matter of fact, because I've been seeing a lot of stuff recently that has led to what we're going to talk about here today. First of all, the feminization of sports, all sports, both male and female. Because sports, in its essence, is masculine. Sports are masculine. Why? Because masculine energy is about winning, dominating, defeating, striving, trying to be the best. All of those are masculine traits. And again, a masculine trait, for those of you who are unfamiliar with masculinity and femininity scales, you can go Google it right now and look it up. All of those traits that I just mentioned are traits of masculinity. And a woman who is playing a sport. Those are masculine traits, trying to win, trying to dominate, trying to be the best, trying to beat other people. Those are all traits of masculine energy. So any woman who's listening to this, whenever you are aiming to do that or you are feeling like that, you are in your masculine in that moment. And again, this is not necessarily a negative thing, just like there are times when men are doing things that are they are in their feminine energy. And that is not a negative thing at all. It's just understanding what these poles are and also understanding that men traditionally are generally more masculine and women are traditionally more feminine. And actually just biologically, energetically, men are more masculine and women more feminine. So even in the sports world, we're seeing a lot of feminization of sports. So for example, there's a basketball player named Russell Westbrook who has been having, at least as of this recording, who knows how things have gone since I've recorded this, but as of this recording, he hasn't been having the best season playing for the LA Lakers. Now, Russell's a great player. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame, probably his first chance to get in. He's going to make the Hall of Fame. He's been MVP at the NBA before. He's put up some incredible stats. And he's a player that is actually very fun to watch when he's on the right team. The team he's on right now, he's playing on the LA Lakers with LeBron this year. This is not a good team for him to be on. This is not a good mix for him based on his playing style. But anyway, he is a good player. He has a great resume. But anyway, this season, he hasn't played great. And some people, and this is not a new thing as a matter of fact, but some media people over the years, Whenever they wanted to talk about Russell in a negative way, instead of calling him West Brook, they called him West Brick. And a brick is a euphemism for in basketball when you shoot the ball and it has no chance of going in. So when it hits the backboard or hits the rim, it sounds like a brick is hitting the rim instead of a basketball hitting the rim. So it's kind of like a shot that had no chance of going in. So instead of West Brook, people were calling him West Brick. And again, this is not a new nickname. This has been around for 10 years. But because he's having such a terrible season this year, more and more people, I guess, have been calling him Westbrook. And just a few weeks ago from this recording, Russ was talking to the media after a game, I believe, and he was saying, well, you know, my wife, and I think his wife had posted something on Twitter or something like this. So she's saying too many fans have been coming at her because Russell was having a bad year to the point that she doesn't even go to 
the home games for the LA Lakers anymore because people are saying bad stuff about Russell and she feels, you know, she feels bad about it. And even though I don't even know who Russell Westbrook's wife is and I couldn't pick her out of the lineup and I don't think many fans could either. But anyway, she had posted that she doesn't like the way that fans talk bad about her husband. And then Russell was saying that he knows his son goes to school. He's very proud of his last name. So when people call Russell, the dad, the player, out of his last name, instead of calling him Westbrook, they call him Westbrook. He's taking that as, well, you're doing some type of harm. And he even said this. I'm not quoting him, but paraphrasing him. He said that this is you know, doing harm to his kids and is doing harm to his wife and harm to his family. So he doesn't want anyone calling him Westbrook anymore. He's going to you know, nip that in the bud was the phrase that he's going to use. He's going to shut that down, not let anybody call him Westbrook anymore, even when he is out there bricking shots on the basketball court. And the reason why I'm explaining all that and the reason I'm calling this the feminization of sports is what Russell Westbrook is doing here is he is using his family as a shield for his poor performance. Because, like I said, the Westbrook nickname, if you want to call it that, that his detractors have been using against him has been going on for at least 10 years. People have been calling him that for at least 10 years, as long as he's been in the league, whatever year he came in the league, which I think was around 10 years ago. And the thing is, it never bothered him before. And the reason why it didn't bother him is because he was playing well, because he was putting up these amazing stats, because he's making an all-star game every year. He's winning MVP trophies. And he has all these fans who are you know, there to see him play. There are fans who go to the game to see this guy play. So the West Brick nickname never bothered him because his performance made, you could say whatever you want about him. Like, look, I got 30 points and 12 rebounds and 15 assists. You call me whatever you want. And my team's winning the game. Like He could laugh at somebody trying to say that about him. But this year, when he's on a team that is not winning and he's not playing good, somebody calls him Westbrook. Now there's some Velcro to it. Now the Velcro concept is something I heard from Jack Canfield, author of the Chicken Soup of the Soul books, or him and uh, Mark Victor Hansen put those books together. And he said, you know, if somebody says something negative about you, the only way it can bother you is if there's something in you that already slightly believes it. If someone tells you that you have green hair, but you know you don't have green hair, then you can look at them like they're crazy or you can laugh at it because, you know, there's not an ounce of truth to what they said. But if somebody says, well, you're a terrible shooter and some part of you believes that you're a terrible shooter, then you could be bothered by it because some part of you believes in it. So there's some Velcro that it can stick to. Everybody knows what Velcro is, right? So there's some Velcro that allows their negative comments to stick in your mind because you partially believe something negative that they said. So the only reason that Russell Westbrook is bothered by being called West Brick is because he knows that he's out there bricking and not playing well this year, whereas Five years ago, somebody called him Westbrook. He could laugh at them or ignore them because look at my performance. I'm performing very well. This year, he's performing terribly. So now he's trying to use his family to protect himself based on his bad performance. So he should actually, instead of using his family and saying the media or the fans to stop saying negative things, what he should be doing is apologizing to his family for his poor play that has caused them to feel sad about the way that they're talking about the head of the household being Russell Westbrook. Another example of the feminization of sports, let's go to the women's side, is Naomi Osaka, who is a tennis player who is partially black. And she's a young tennis player. I don't know what age she is. She's probably in her early 20s, it looks like. And she was playing at Indian Wells, which is out in California, playing in some tennis tournament. And she lost her match, which is fine. I mean, anybody can be beat when you're playing at the pro level. She lost her match. And usually in tennis matches, you know, it's not trash talk in tennis, at least not the way there is in basketball, not even from the fans. And when the match was over, traditionally, the way it works in tennis is the both the winner and the loser. They stand there and the winner 
gets interviewed briefly, and then they both you know, wave to the crowd, and then they walk off. It's a very polite type thing, kind of like golf, tennis, the very polite crowds. It's not like basketball is no holds barred when it comes to the fans, but well, at least it used to be. But now you got people like Russell Westbrook feminizing it. But anyway, after this match, when Naomi Osaka, she lost. So she wasn't even going to be interviewed. But after the winner got interviewed, Naomi asked the reporter who had the mic, hey, can I say something real quick? She takes the microphone and she tells the crowd that during the match, somebody says something to her. It turns out what they said was, Naomi, you suck. That's what somebody said. Naomi, you suck. In the middle of the match, somebody said that. The cameras didn't pick it up, so nobody knows who it was that said it. But Naomi says that somebody said that to her during the match and it bothered her, kind of threw her off mentally. And after the match, she said that and said that, no, that really bothered me. It's not a good thing. I don't know the exact words that she said. I heard the clip, but I don't remember the exact phrase. But she made a news item out of the fact that somebody said, Naomi, you suck during the tennis match and that it you know, hurt her mentally during the match, which she did end up losing. And then, of course, when she says that, you know what happens. She gets this round of applause from the crowd there. And a whole bunch, probably got a whole bunch of text messages of support and things like that. And she got her victory lap on social media for being a victim and everybody, you know, supporting her and telling her how great she is. And she was crying. She was actually on the court crying about this, the fact that somebody had talked trash to her or a fan had said something. And that's like the lightest form of trash talk that could possibly exist. Naomi, you suck. Like that person, that's all they can come up with. Anyway, this is a feminization of tennis. This is a feminization. This is a feminine thing to do. Now, you might be thinking, well, Dre, isn't that fine for a woman to do something feminine? And this goes back to what I said earlier. Sports are masculine. Sports are about winning, dominating, defeating, being the best. So a woman playing a sport is in her masculine. You step into your feminine while you're playing a sport, then you're probably setting yourself up to be beaten because the opponent you're going against who's in their masculine they're driving to win and defeat and dominate, they're going to beat you because you're not in the right energy. You're not in the right spirit. And as I just told you, Naomi Osaka had lost that match and she was in her feminine probably sometime in the middle of the match, but she didn't announce it until after the match. This feminization of sports. And this is the thing about it with both Russell and Naomi is that I found that the media and a lot of fans and a lot of supporters of these people are actually co-signing these feminine things that these athletes are doing and saying, you know what, we shouldn't call Russell Westbrook, Russell West Brit because his family, or we shouldn't trash talk to Naomi because she has mental health issues. And people are actually going along with this and co-signing this bullshit when what should happen, if I was coaching a Russell Westbrook or a Naomi Osaka, I mean, personally coaching, not sports coaching, but personally coaching, I say to them, I'm like, yo, Russell, People said Westbrook five years ago, you ain't have a problem with it then because you were playing good. You're playing terribly now. That's why you have a problem with it. Don't be mad at them. Be mad at yourself. Now, you're the one who allowed that nickname to stick in your mind because of your terrible performance. And Naomi, look, that's the best trash talk that person can come up with. You should be laughing at that. What you need to do is work on your mental toughness. You need to toughen up because you can't go through a career when one person saying one thing like that is going to throw you off and then making a news item out of the fact that somebody said it to you. Again, nobody even knew that this happened. The only reason we know about it is because she announced it. Now, why would you announce something like that after you just got your ass kicked on TV? Uh, that doesn't make sense. It's basically victim Olympics. And that's feminine energy. Trying to be a victim is feminine energy. So I'm seeing men and women in sports doing this kind of stuff. And then you have the Leah Thomas situation, which I talked about in the episode 2121, 
Nick, Leah Thomas was this, used to be Matthew William Thomas, a man swimming at UPenn, decided to become a woman, swam as a female, and won a whole bunch of championships at the NCAA championships just this past March in the spring, and ESPN barely covered it. They had one reporter who covered the whole thing, and she wrote every single article about this, and ESPN First Take's never done a segment about it. We haven't heard Stephen A. Smith say anything about it. They haven't talked about it on any of their biggest shows, on none of their biggest platforms. They haven't done a special about it. ESPN did specials about all kinds of things that had nothing to do with sports, but this thing is happening in sports. The ESPN is acting like they know nothing. They sent one reporter who nobody's ever heard of, and they did every single article about Leah Thomas written by the same person over and over again because ESPN doesn't want to ignore it, but they also don't want to make news about it because then they would have to take a stand. And ESPN is taking stands on things that they had no business talking about in the past, but they don't want to talk about this one at all. So tell you a whole lot about who they really are if you're a critical thinking person. And this whole thing with Leah Thomas, the swimmer, she goes and wins these championships. And I've read, there was an article that I read, and I don't know if this is true or not. Somebody can confirm it for me, that at Leah Thomas's meets, if you went to like University of Pennsylvania and you went to a meet as a fan, you were not allowed to say anything or hold up any signs or anything like that that did not validate Leah Thomas's being a female or else they would remove your sign or even kick you out of the building for basically hate speech because you are you know, doing something that is, and there's a certain phraseology that they use, but basically they found a way to create rules where you couldn't say anything against this. You would be thrown out the building for hate speech because they can make those kind of rules and no one's allowed to say anything. Even the female swimmers on the swim team at UPenn who did not agree with Leah being on the team had to act like they did or else risk being ostracized, kicked off the team and losing their dream of swimming because this man decided to become a woman and they had to act like it was okay. They had to act as if they accepted it. And not too many people have spoken up about this. Even after I did that episode 2121, that was months ago I did that episode. I talked about it in writing. I talked about it in audio. I talked about it on video. Now, I haven't seen too many people speak up about this. And I've seen some, but I haven't seen enough. Given what happened, given how absurd that is, I've seen very few people speak up to say anything about this. and. I completely disagree with all of these things that I'm seeing here. And the main reason I believe all of this is happening is because I think this is my assertion that not enough men are stepping up and playing their role. And I'm talking about men specifically, not masculine, but men specifically are not stepping up and playing their role. And that's why we're getting all this feminine energy dominating what we're doing. And if men don't step up, then this is only going to get worse. Just like I talked about yesterday. The line is just going to keep getting pushed further and further until there's no more room to back up and you're up against the wall and it just basically consumes you. So let me share the context of why I think men need to step up more as we get into our points. Point number one, today's topic, once again, is why we need more manliness. First of all, let's go back to even if you do not claim a religion, as I don't, let's go back to the story of Adam and Eve because everybody's familiar with it. So it's a useful point of reference because everybody knows what I'm talking about. All right, the story of Adam and Eve is pretty simple. All right, God created Adam as the man, and he decided that Adam needed a partner. He needed a companion, so he created Eve from the rib of the man. Then God told Adam and Eve, do not eat any fruit from the tree. And I'm very, very much simplifying this story. He told them, don't eat any fruit from the tree. So what happens? When Adam is away, the serpent, who is representative of the devil, tells Eve, well, you can go ahead and eat fruit from the tree, even though God told you not to. And all the bad stuff that God said would happen. If you do eat fruit from the tree, that don't believe it. Just ignore that. Just eat it anyway. And Eve is persuaded by the serpent to eat fruit from the tree. Eve bites into the apple. 
And as soon as Eve bites into the apple, God notices. And long story short, several things happen here. First of all, she suggested that Adam do the exact same thing. And they start violating a whole bunch of codes that God told them not to violate. So God is wondering what the hell happened. Secondly, as soon as she bites into the apple, the first thing God says when Eve bites into the apple is, Adam, where are you at? Where are you? Because the first thing God wanted to know was not Eve, why'd you bite into the apple? The first thing God said is, where's the man who's supposed to be running the show here? Again, everyone, this is not my story. This is straight out of the Bible. You can read it for yourself. He said, where's the man who is supposed to be running the show? Because he's not doing his job. The woman just violated because the man is not doing his job. And there's a whole lot more to this story, which you can, again, go read for yourself. And what ends up happening here, because Adam ends up you know, committing some violations as well, because he was following behind the woman. This is the first instance that we know of. Even if you do not ascribe to Christianity, this is the first instance that we know of, of a man following behind a woman. And the first time a man followed behind a woman, he incurred the wrath of God. And God, as a result, unleashed a bunch of the, you know, the calamities and the negatives and the yin and the yang that we had to deal with in life as humans these days, according to the story, was all released because this was God getting revenge on Adam and Eve for not following his orders. And the reason they didn't follow his orders is because the man wasn't doing his job. And then when he saw the woman was violating, instead of putting the woman in her place and saying, yo, you're not doing your job or you're not following like you're supposed to be, stop doing that. He followed behind the woman. And then all these negative things happened. And again, everybody, this is not my story. All right. This comes straight from the book called the Bible. You can go read it yourself. If I got it wrong, if I got any of the main points of that story wrong, you can let me know. When the man followed the woman, all the world's evils got released. Now, I am saying this not as a condemnation of women. Okay, I love women. It's not a condemnation of females when I'm telling this story, because again, it is not my story. It is simply a statement of truth. When a man does not take his role as a leader, as he's supposed to, what results is entropy. What's the fourth law of thermodynamics, which means when there is no law, there is no order. And what results is chaos. Chaos happens when men do not step up and be masculine men. That's why I brought up the thing about sports. It's why I bring up this Leah Thomas thing. It's not the woman's job to step up and argue against what happened at UPenn with Leah Thomas swimming. There's a man who should be in there. I believe the swim coach at UPenn is a man. And there are a bunch of men who work at UPenn, the chancellors, the presidents, the people who are in charge, the parents of some of these swimmers. And I know that they're in a compromised position, but so many other men, the men who speak on issues that they have no business speaking on, who work on national platforms and have platforms. None of these men are speaking up and defending these women and making sure that this man, Matthew Thomas, now known as Leah, is not putting this man in his place and everyone is quietly and complicitly allowing this to go on because men don't want to step up and have some damn balls. And this is why we're getting chaos. We're getting the chaos of a man, Russell Westbrook, using his family as a shield for his poor play. We're getting the chaos of a tennis player making herself the story after she loses a tennis match by pointing out how she was the victim of somebody trash talking her from the crowd. We get the chaos of a man who decides he's a woman, gets in the swimming pool, swims the whole season, wins championships, and everyone is just quietly acting like they don't see what's going on. This is the chaos that happens when men don't do their job. So men, I'm talking to you specifically here today. Point number two, today's topic once again is why we need more manliness. Number two, let's talk about this transgender thing. 
Now, I talked about this again in episode 2121 when I spoke up for the women athletes, since none of your advocates, female athletes, none of them are speaking up for you. Allow me to do so. You're welcome. If you are born with a penis, uh, the universe or the higher being or science or biology, whatever you want to call it, has decided that you are a male. All right. That is the way that I look at this. Now, I understand that if you look this up, you Google this, there are articles where people give you these word salads and they go into all these deep details, scientific details to try to explain how, no, it's not so simple that if you have an X and Y chromosome doesn't necessarily mean you're a man because it's kind of fluid and it can change. And then they name all these things that would, unless you're a scientist or a biologist, it will probably go over your head the things that they're explaining. And here's the way that I look at it. And if someone wants to challenge me on this, you are free to do so. If you are born with a penis, the higher being, whoever your higher being is, whether you are spiritual, whether you are religious, whether you are atheist, you don't believe in any kind of religion, whether you are believing just spirits, whether you are with a religion, if you believe in science, and I think a lot of people do, because we followed a whole lot of science over the last two, three years, quote unquote, followed science. The universe has decided that you're a male because you're born with a penis. You're born with a vagina. The universe has decided that you're a female. Now, again, if there's a small percentage of people who are born with neither or born with both, all right, I don't know what they call those. All right, that I do not have an answer for. But all the rest of us, I think almost everyone who listened to this was born with one or the other. Okay, that's what you are. The universe and your higher being has decided that's what you are. I don't believe this is one up for debate and it is not up for your free will to just decide that you're going to be something different. Now, personally, I don't claim any religion. And I also don't think, again, you don't have a free will to just alter this just because you decided to, because it's like you don't have free will to alter your overall skin tone. You have free will to alter your height. You can't make yourself taller and make yourself shorter if you wanted to. You are what you are. And then you shape that clay as you choose. So I believe there's a certain line of certain things that you just are what you are. And then there's on the other side of that line. Yes, you can shape that. So maybe you're born with as a person who doesn't have a lot of confidence, you can build up your confidence. You're born as maybe not a great athlete. You can make yourself an adequate athlete. You're born, maybe you're kind of stupid. You can make yourself smart. Those are things that I think you can alter. But there are certain aspects of you. I think when it comes to ourselves physically, for the most part, there's not a lot that you can alter. Now, we know that there's like plastic surgery and that kind of stuff. Butt enhancement, breast enhancements, facelifts, boob jobs, all those kind of things. Hmm. It's not really what I'm talking about here today. For the most part, I see those happening on females. Because the topic here today, to be clear again, is I'm talking specifically to the men, but ladies, you need to be listening to this as well. I believe there is a line between what you are free, you have free will to alter and what you're stuck with and you just got to deal with. And this is the way that I see it. And again, you are free to question me on this. You are free to challenge me on this. You're free to offer your own opinions. As long as you're respectful about it. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can do it in the comments. And if you are listening to this, you can text me. Or if you know me directly, you can reach out to me. You are what you are and you shape that clay as you choose mostly internal traits and cosmetic things, but you do not change your biological fundamentals. So if you're a man, let's say Leah Thomas swimming over at UPenn, that man, I believe still has a penis, right? So this man still has a penis. Even if there's some operation, I have no idea what it is. I'm sure that it exists that a penis can be removed and it may be artificial vagina installed, whatever they call that, if that exists. And if it doesn't, it probably will exist very soon. The way things are going for LGBTQ, they're, they're dominating right now. Even if Leah Thomas was to do that, Leah Thomas is still a man. All right, you were born with a penis. You are a man. There's certain internal things that ain't able to be changed, at least as of current science. 
such as just your wiring. Your wiring is masculine wiring. Now, you could take some, I'm sure there are hormones and all this kind of stuff that you can take. There's a lot of stuff scientifically that would go over my head. And unless you're a scientist, it will go over your head as well. Whether you agree or disagree, you are born with a penis, you're a man. All right, that's my bottom line. That's what I'm standing on. Mia Thomas won the NCAA championships or won several championships in the NCAA championships. And many college athletes couldn't say a damn thing for fear of being canceled just because they spoke up. They would get kicked off the team for saying the wrong thing about the wrong person. And anyone who would speak out about the ridiculousness of this man winning first place in a women's sport would be labeled transphobic. Now, you might be wondering why I'm speaking out on that. Am I concerned about being labeled transphobic? No, not really. No, I'm not concerned about being labeled transphobic. I don't think anyone has called me that yet, at least not directly, not to my face. The thing is this, that's a, this is what I've been talking about the last couple of days is that these phrases come out in one way and it comes with this bland, safe sounding definition of why we're using this phrase. And then slowly the line just keeps getting moved. It slowly keeps getting moved to the point that there's no more room to breathe. Now, the transphobic line is if you say anything that is not completely affirming and validating anything a trans person does, then you're transphobic. So for me to say that this person, Leah Thomas, is a man swimming against women and it's not right for them to be winning championships and it's not right for everyone to sit there and act like they don't see what's going on. Now, I'm transphobic for saying that. No, I'm not transphobic. Our definition of transphobic is having or showing a dislike of or prejudice against transsexual or transgender people. I have no dislike or prejudice against a transsexual person. If Leah Thomas, I said this in episode 2121, Leah Thomas wants to live as a woman. And from what I heard, Leah Thomas still dates females. Now, you can make of that what you wish. But if Leah Thomas wants to live as a woman and be looked at as a woman and wear a dress and whatever else they do in their day to day life, fine. The only reason that I talked about it in the first place is because I come from the sports world. And if I have a daughter, who's on a sports team and a man decides that he's now a woman and then gets on a sports team and is beating the women, I'm going to say something. Now, I'm going to talk to my daughter about it first and maybe I'll get banned from the facilities and I can't come to the games anymore, but I'm going to speak up. I'm not going to sit there and act like I don't see what the hell is happening. That's fucking ridiculous. And I don't see how any man could sit there and watch that happen and hold their tongue. That doesn't make any sense. I don't care what your role is, whether you're a parent, you're an administrator, you're a teacher, you're a student. Uh, that's ridiculous. And it doesn't make you phobic of a person. You are not disliking the person. You are not prejudiced against the person. I don't know who Leah Thomas is. I've never met this individual and probably never will. And here's the thing. I have nothing against personally against Leah Thomas. I got something against a man playing a woman's sport and winning and everybody acting like they don't see it. It has nothing to do with Leah Thomas, the person. That's just not right. And it, it doesn't make any sense. Logically, it doesn't make any sense it's not about making a sense morally. It doesn't make sense logically. And for how can so many men be involved and allow this to go on? That's the part that most baffles me. So this is not any type of uh, phobia. I'm not afraid of trans people. I'm not prejudiced against them, nor do I dislike them. This is the game just needs to be pointed out. And the standards of the game need to be upheld. This is women's sports. Women's sports were created specifically to give them a lane to compete that did not involve men. All right, this is why Title IX existed so that we could create women's sports. I think a lot of people have heard of Title IX, but a lot of people don't even understand that a lot of women's sports, such as swimming, only exists because those sports are being subsidized by the sports that actually make money. And in college sports, there are usually only two sports that really generate revenue. That's the football team and the basketball team. That's it. 
there are very few women's sports who on total, if we take the whole balance sheet of a women's sports, there are very few women's sports that year by year actually generate revenue in the black. They cost a lot more than they earn. The WNBA, the Women's Pro Basketball League here in the United States, they don't make any money. They are being subsidized by the NBA. The WNBA is basically a loss leader for the NBA. The NBA is never going to shut down the WNBA because there'd be a fucking riot if they did. The WNBA is just a good PR move for the NBA to look like they're doing something for the women, throwing the women a bone. But ironically enough, isn't it crazy that the women players who play in the WNBA complain about their salaries and the lifestyle that they get while playing in the WNBA? Seemingly completely ignorant to the fact that the only reason their league exists because NBA is throwing women a bone that they don't even earn any money. The league does not make money, but the women are complaining about how much money they make. <laughs> Again, different conversation for a different day, but I, actually, I just had it. This is basically all that needs to be said about it. The point is, women's sports existed, they were created, and they were created in this space that it was basically separate but equal. That women need to have a place where they can perform in just as many sports as men do, with the exception football being the only real exception. Every other sport where there's a men's version, there's a women's version, so that women can compete. That was the reason that it existed. That was the reason they were created. All these women's sports and the reason that they are still out today is because they take the money from the men's sports and use it to fund the women's sports. Sports are a big pull on the budgets of colleges, of all colleges simply because most of the sports on college campuses do not generate revenue. Sports cost colleges more money than they make them. But those sports are what draw students in and students pay tuition and tuition makes the colleges more and more money. And any of you who's going to college or any of you who is in college now or you have kids in college or you're planning on sending your kids to college, you know how much money you got to save. Tuition is a lot of fucking money. That money is what allows those sports to exist. So if you're paying that money and allowing those sports to exist, then you have a say in how they're being operated, even if your kid doesn't play. So if you're a parent who has a son, let's say, who goes to a college, doesn't even play sports, the money that you pay for your son to go to that college is funding that sports team, believe it or not. And you have a say in how that sports team is being operated on. So it's not just about the parents or the players. It's not just about the players themselves. It's about everybody who is contributing a dollar to that school. And a lot of colleges or the way they're running their tax exempt. I mean, they don't even pay taxes, but you pay taxes. So you have a say in all of these things. And a lot of people don't either don't understand this or they're pretending not to understand it or they don't know what to do with it. Using your voice is one thing you can do. And this is why, again, I'm calling on the men specifically. Now, this should not be accepted. And just like it's not, for example, it's not racist to be one race and point out what someone of another race did wrong. If you're white and a black person does something wrong, you point it out doesn't make you racist. It just means you're being objective and you're looking at things logically. Point number three. Today's topic, once again, is I'm calling on the men to step up. We need more manliness out here in our world. Number three, the man's role is in a position of leadership. That is the man's natural role is in a position of leadership. When there is not a man in a position of leadership, when a man is not doing his job as a leader, you get chaos. When you get young men and young women raised in a household without a man around, a respectable man around, you get feminized men and or men who do not know how to deal with the authority of other men. And these are the men who end up in the system. These are the men who end up doing stupid shit that gets them shot by police. These are men who end up doing things like getting kicked out of schools, who can't hold down a job. They don't know how to deal with other men because they don't know how to deal with the authority of another man. They don't know how to be respectful of other men. These are women who grow up 
looking for the affinity of another man, no, no matter what they need to do to get it, because they didn't know how to deal with a man in a respectful way. And they didn't know what it felt like to be respected by a man because they didn't have one around. This is what happens when men are not around doing their jobs. And ladies, at least you ladies who have a feminine energy within you, I think you would agree with this. And if any of you disagree, you can reach out and you can let me know about this. The man's role is in a position of leadership. The woman's role naturally is in support of the man. This does not mean that a woman cannot lead. It doesn't mean that a woman does not have power. And it doesn't mean the woman doesn't have value. We need the male and the female energy. We need the masculine and the feminine. We need both. It's not we need one and not the other. We need both of them in their places. I talked about this in episode number. And because I'm going to make sure I'm giving you all reference points because none of these things that I'm saying is brand new. All right, I've talked about all of this stuff many times on this show before. So just in case you didn't know, now you will know. In episode 1624, I told you the biggest challenges facing black America. The number one thing that I said is that we do not have two parent homes for a black, young black men and women coming up. That's the number one challenge in black America. It is not the cops. It is not some government. It is not the system. It is not whatever else people think or try to bullshit you about what is hurting black America. The number one challenge for black America is that we don't have two parent homes and you have kids coming up being raised by only one parent, usually the mother. Then you got a lot of men coming up with feminine energy because they don't have a man around and men are not doing their job. They're making kids and not sticking around doing their jobs, period. And that's the biggest challenge. We fix that. It'll solve a whole lot of the other problems that trickle down and result from it. The man's role is in position of leadership. If the man is not stepping up and leading, then we get chaos and we get this ridiculousness that is going on. I pointed out a few examples, but there are plenty more that and many of you have probably seen in your own lives. The woman's role is in support of the man. Both roles are necessary. Adam was given Eve so there would be a team. Not one person, a team. But on a team, understand everybody has a role. Everybody has a role on a team. I talked about why everybody is a role player in episode 1173. I told you also how to know and accept your role in sports, business, and life in episode 834. So this is a team. All right, on every team, everybody can't be Michael Jordan. All right, you need a Scottie Pittman. You need a Dennis Rodman. You need a Steve Kerr. You need a Phil Jackson. Everybody has a role on a team. So ladies who are listening to this, I hope that all of you are objective thinkers enough and critical thinkers enough. And those of you who are in your feminine energy, you 100% accept what I'm saying. But those of you who might be a little bit more in your masculine, you may be chafing a little bit of what I'm saying. I want you to understand that being in a supporting role does not mean that your role doesn't matter. A supporting role matters just as much as the leading role matters because it's a role. Nobody's playing a supporting role, then that there's a gap there. Something still needs to happen. All right, Michael Jordan gets double teamed. Somebody has to be there for him to pass the ball to. He can't play by himself. So every role needs to be played. And this is not a religious teaching because I'm unqualified for a religious teaching. I'm just using Adam and Eve here as an example. Adam was given Eve so that there would be a team, but there are specific roles that each one of them have. Now, this setup is impossible when one person is by themselves. Us as humans, we were not meant to be alone, whether as male or female. So addressing the men out here, because again, this episode is addressing the men. Men, step up and play your role. Your role is to be in a leadership position. Your role is to have masculine energy, exude masculine energy and display and demonstrate and model masculine energy for the men coming up behind you. That is the role of the man. That means you lead, you take charge, you make decisions. A woman, a feminine woman, will support and follow you if and when you step up and take the lead. If you don't take the lead, then a woman can't follow you. All right, you can't follow somebody who's not leading. If you have two people and nobody leads, then somebody's going to step up and take the lead. A woman might step up and take the lead, 
if the man is not doing his job. And there are a lot of women who are listening to me right now. You're probably nodding your head because you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's both of your natural roles. A woman will naturally fall into the supportive role if a man steps up into his masculine and leads. But if he doesn't, then a woman has to lead because somebody got to lead. Somebody has to move things forward. So it's not the woman's fault when she's in a leadership position if the man's not doing what he was supposed to do. When you play your role, she will play her role. So any of you who's with a woman, any man listening to me right now, if you're with a woman and she is taking the lead more than you're taking the lead, that's not her failure. That's your failure. And as soon as you step into your masculine and do your damn job, she will do hers. She will fall back and do hers and support you if you take the lead. But she can't make you do it. Uh, She probably wants you to do it. Maybe she doesn't have the verbiage to tell you. But let me tell you. Now, I just did. So let's recap today's class, which is we need more manliness. Point number one, story of Adam and Eve. God said, do not eat from the tree. Eve did what she wasn't supposed to do. Then she got Adam to do what he wasn't supposed to do. And this led to chaos. And God unleashed a whole lot of calamities on the world because first thing first, a man did not do his job. Number two, on this topic of transgenderism, you're born with a penis, you're a man. You're born with a vagina, you're a female. All right, that's clear. The fact that men allowed this Leah Thomas situation to take place over this past season is ridiculous. And the fact that the feminization that we have going on in the world is that now this line is being moved more and more and more about now transphobic. You're transphobic or homophobic. If you say anything that goes against anything that a trans or homosexual person does, that is ridiculous. We're talking about objectivity and logic. They still matter. I told you in episode number objectivity is a new controversy in episode 1800. Now you're being objective about something. Now you're racist. Now you're homophobic. Now you're transphobic. I told you how these lines get moved. This is a great example of it. Like what I told you in yesterday's episode. Number three, the man's role is as a leader. The woman's role is in support of the man. If any woman out there is finding herself in a leadership role, maybe more than even she naturally wants to be, it's always because some man somewhere has not or did not step up and do their job, or they were doing it, then they abdicated from that job for whatever reason. It is our natural roles as men to be in leadership roles. Women, it is your natural role to be in support, but you can't be in your feminine and in support if there is not a man around in his masculine leading. This is just the way that it works. So men, this is specifically to you today. Play your roles. Step up, do your job. She will follow if you will lead, but you got to get some balls and do what you were naturally meant to do. I told you about this in episode 1796. If you're with a woman who is taking the lead more often than you are, men, that is your failure, not hers. Two things for you to do. Number one, send me a text. You get my daily motivation comes out every single day, straight to your phone for free. My number is 305-384-6894. Number two, go to workingyourgameuniversity.com so you can take the next step with me, the next level after the show, working me directly on your strategy, accountability, and execution so that you can actually reach the outcomes that you want to reach and get there sooner rather than later without spinning your wheels and trying to do everything by yourself and being frustrated about it. Go to workonyourgameuniversity.com where you can join my group program called the Bulletproof Mastermind. If you want to work with me one-on-one in my third day mastermind, there's a link at the top. You click that, fill out a quick form, we'll set up a call. Again, that's at workonyourgameuniversity.com. Work on your game. Dre, all day. I have a text message line now where every single day from my number, I am sending out a text to everyone in my community with a daily motivation message to keep you sharp, focused and on point to get started and be energized for your day. If you want to receive my daily motivation text, just send a quick text right now to say hello to this number 305-384-6894. Again, 305 305- 
304-684-6894. Get my daily motivation text straight to your phone, free of charge, 305-384-6894.